Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Good morning, Patrick. How's it going? Going well, Jeff. How are you doing? It's crazy. I can still say good morning, and uh, we're recording Sunday instead of Monday. Yeah. So... Good weekend to you, my sir. <laughs> Good weekend to you as well. <laughs> I would normally be on my second cup of coffee and kids would be waking up and, you know, my morning chill time on Sundays would be gone. <laughs> we'll have ended, but York is at his mom's this weekend. Grayson's at a sleepover. And so, you know, Ruth and I actually got to go out last night. So nice. what does a couple in their mid-40s do whenever they don't have any kids? They go to TJ Maxx and shop. Because <laughs> <laughs> they have nobody around. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's taking too long. Right. So When can we leave? You're right. I want to be done. That's always my favorite when Grayson used to say that. I want to be done. Like, same sister. Um, yeah, and then we went to, when had dinner. And then came home and then, yeah, pretty much sleep by like 9, 930 because you know, we can't hang like we used to. Yeah. Which is not a good sign considering York and I tonight are going to the Blink-182 concert at Bridgestone. The doors don't open till 730. Right. So, yeah. Right now, doors open at 6. The show doesn't start till 730. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> yep. I, I think it'll be all right because the way I see it, so Mark Hoppus is 51 both Tom DeLonge and Travis Barker are both 47. Mm-hmm. And if two guys that are two years older than me at the moment until I turn 46, but if they're a year or two years older than me, and then the other guys like four years older than me, five years, I think, I think I'd, I think I could do it. I think I could pull yeah. it out. So we'll see. This will be my seventh time seeing them. This will be York's first. So. So I'm really excited to take him. The first time I saw them with that was actually when York's mom and I were dating. So her and I went saw him in Kansas City. Okay. Uh, yeah. So very, very exciting. So um, it'll be in, it's indoors, so I don't have to worry about rain nope. like a lot of people did uh, last night for Beyonce's uh, show. Yeah, out there in the open at Nissan Stadium. Yep. But, yep. Looks like it went well done, from what I understand. But yeah, other than that, we just shoot nice chill week, man. Yeah. How about you? How's your week? Oh, it was pretty good. Um, uh, Friday, me and a friend met up at the Chewies on Whitebridge. Mm-hmm. I'd never, never been to a Chewies, and so it's like just meet there. It was good. It was just Friday night, busy, oh, relatively yeah. new location, so. Took a minute to get certain things, but um, but food was good. It was better than the last um, Mexican food experience we had. So step up. There you go. Um, mango margarita, which was mostly the glass, not mm-hmm. as much liquid, because ah. I, I was looking at it, I was like, it's a thick, thick, thick glass here, and it's not a lot of liquid. A lot didn't of take me, collusion. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't take me long to finish it, but it was good. Yeah. But. We went to Oscars last night for dinner, which Oscars. is also a Mexican restaurant. And I got the berry uh, margarita, and they mm-hmm. serve it in a plastic cup. So they're in, and yeah, and it was frozen, and it was delicious. Yeah, I finished all mine. Ruth can't hang, so she got half of hers, and she was done. Yeah, but no, delicious. And trust me, and they give you more than you probably should. And it was a happy hour, so it was like three bucks. For that little glass. Yeah. Shoot. Let them check them out. Yeah, man. Um, they're not open on Mondays or something like that. I think Sundays or Mondays, one of those two. It's like weird. Yeah. Okay. Type of days. But yeah, definitely look it up before you go. Uh, I know there's one off of uh, Fessler's because it's over where the kids do their martial arts. Okay. And then there's the one out in MJ where we happen to be when we drop Grayson off for her sleepover. So. <laughs> cool. So uh, before we get into it, 
this week, because this this doesn't affect you and I per se, but it does affect. It'll be it'll be hitting harder here in the next year or so. Mm-hmm. The Screen Actors Guild joined the Writers Guild and went on strike. And so people were like, "Okay, that doesn't really affect me much." Okay, yes and no. I mean, if you're looking forward to specific TV seasons coming out, or uh, or movies that mm-hmm. were slated to be out, like say next year, and they're still filming, yeah, yeah, they're that's now been put on hold. So the uh, I came by a list of things that members of SAG-AFTRA cannot do. This includes they can't do tours, personal appearances, interviews, conventions, fan expos, festivals, for for your consideration events, panels, premieres and or screenings, award shows, junkets, podcast appearances, social media, and studio showcases. So basically your ass needs to be on the picket line or be at the house. But it's a lot of cans. <laughs> yeah. So if you're so I did read that however the new House of Dragon series is mm-hmm. still filming because they're filming over in Europe and has British actors. So those don't follow under the same rules as the US you know, SAG after rules because different, I guess, I guess it's a different union or something. Yeah. So they're still filming House of Dragons. So I guess that show is still in production. Yeah. But a lot of these other TV shows and movies, uh, I read another thing too that said that a lot of studios aren't going to give in right away, but they're going to have to do something soon because advertisers are going to, you know, are taking notice. Mm-hmm. And when their shows aren't going to be, you know, aren't getting made, they're not going to want, they're going to want to pull out, you know, their advertising dollars. Cause there's like, well, if there's nothing, if nobody's going to be watching because there's no new content being put out on TV, why should we Best. want to pay? Yeah. Why should we want to pay to have our commercials on there? And they're going to also want to see what they're planning on putting out in the spring as well. If they have nothing to show for it. Yeah. So, yeah. I said that's a solid argument. True. Because if there's nothing for people to watch, we're holding on to our money. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, yes, streaming doesn't have, well, I guess Hulu. Hulu does because Hulu still has commercials. Yeah. But if you look at like Netflix, Peacock, Paramount, a lot of those don't have commercials. So it's not going to, I don't want to say affect them as much, but also if they don't have any new original content coming out, Nobody, nobody's going to want to keep their subscription. They're going to want to ditch it. Sure. So, yep. Things, things to think about. <laughs> uh, yep. And, uh, you know, I've read, been reading a lot of uh, people that have been on strike. And, of course, we have a couple of past guests that are also now on strike as well. Actually, all of our guests pretty much are on strike except for maybe one or two. Yep. Um, so one thing I've read, though, too, is that a lot of, I guess, uh, we'll just say most non, most people in, that are not in the business seem to think that if you're an actor and you're on a show or something, you're mm-hmm. getting paid like a lot of money when most actors make like minimum, which is barely enough to, you know, you make enough just to pay your bills and that's about it. Yeah, like you're scraping by just like everybody else is. Yeah. Not everybody, not everybody's getting that major money, especially writers. True. Writers, right? Yeah, writers aren't making squad. Like they're barely making enough to get by. Because yeah, they usually get, you know, what something they sell their material, they get that, but then mm-hmm. they usually don't get a lot on the back end. Right. Yeah. Or yeah, or points or something like that. They, you know, however they, whatever they call it, but yeah. So what they're fighting against, mainly both screen actors and as well as writers, is the whole AI thing, which the fact that we're going to be talking about this and then talking about Mission Impossible, the irony is palpable. 
because there's a lot of people that sign up for these shows and they're not, you know, it's one of those like fine print things that if you agree, especially like background actors, especially yeah. like background actors, they're getting paid like 50 bucks a day. They're scanning their body and then basically saying, we now own the rights to your body, you know, to put you in whatever. So basically you get paid $50, you know, even if you're there just for one day, mm-hmm. you may be placed in there for multiple different things in multiple different movies. Cause they'll just pick your body and put it in somewhere else. It's kind of like that Black Mirror episode. Yes. And you won't get paid. A, you won't get paid a cent. Nope. You won't see any residuals, nothing. And, you know, if, me personally, if someone's going to use my likeness, I'm going to want, you know, for, for, uh, for profit, I'm mm-hmm. going to want to see something as well. Yep. Yep. Cause I am helping, I, as an employee, am help, you know, at that point, I'm helping you provide a service. Exactly. Regardless of how much involvement they use it, point is, it's there. So, yeah. I need something on the back end. <laughs> right. And, you know, that's kind of one of those things when you look at Indiana Jones or Ant-Man or the Irishman, where they do all this de-aging stuff and they're using mm-hmm. AI to do that. Mm-hmm. That's another thing the actors are talking about. It's like, listen, they can do this, but like if we quit working, they're still going to end up trying to just use AI to kind of make basically use my performance, which is not going to be near as authentic or as good if I were just there. Yeah. So there's a lot going on in in this whole thing. And of course, just greedy people trying to be greedy for no reason. Like it makes no sense. You can make more money if you worked better with the people that are helping you make money. Exactly. I've never understood that. But yeah, I mean, was it like Bob Iger at Disney starting to blame Marvel for some of their, I'm like, I don't agree with that. But then yep. um um James Gunn's brother was basically saying how Sean, yeah. Sean yeah, Sean Gunn was saying how, you know, back in the day Bob Iger made so much money compared to the lowest paid worker, but now he's making like four hundred times that compared to the lowest paid worker. He's like, and it shouldn't even be like that. And it really shouldn't. Mm-mm. Like if you're making all this money, everybody that works under you should be living comfortably. Shouldn't have yep. to have a worry. Should be able to, you know, take trips whenever they want. You know, just be able to live life similar to you. Yeah. But they're doing the work. <laughs> you're not. Yeah. You're just signing papers, crossing T's, dotting I's. And yeah, you're putting things in place, but you're not actually <laughs> boots to the ground putting in the work. Yeah. Yeah. And my whole thought on the whole Marvel thing is mm-hmm. a lot of it is getting fatigue. But as somebody that's still going to go see all of this stuff, and yeah. I, don't, I don't care. The stories could be stronger, but it could be stronger if you just put one or two movies out a year and not trying to cram four yeah. out a year or, you know, basically four movies in like two or three TV series. Like, yeah, gotta, either, it's a lot either, stronger when you slow world it. <laughs> yeah, unless you've got separate teams for this, you can't have the same people working on six different things. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. Because, um, you know, like we're. A lot of the talks about the CGI from years ago being better than now, and it's just because they probably had time to finish. Now everything's so rushed. Yep. You know, you got so many shots you got to do, and you only have so much time. So, yeah. And depending on what your what your team looks like, you know, you may not have the, you know, the staffing to do all this, but then you got that particular schedule that you have to meet. Otherwise, you know, they no future work. You know, you try to yep. say like. Oh, we can get this done at this time, and then just so you can get paid. But then you're like, I don't know how we're gonna do this. <laughs> yep, it's it's a mess. But hopefully, you can get. I'm really hoping you can get uh, fixed. Yeah, fairly quickly. But like you said, and, you can make you know, more money if everybody just works together and right. It's pays it. Just pay people what they what they put the work in for. Yeah, but here we are. <laughs> Take those pay cuts. All those millions and billions yep. of dollars you don't need. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if anything, not, those guys yeah. should be making less. <laughs> yeah, true story. Can't take it with you. Exactly. Okay. All right. Let's uh, off our soap. Yep. 
jump off of this for a second and we'll uh, return to our regular scheduled <laughs> podcast. All right, so trailers. Um, so this is like so hard too because with all this going on, like you want to be so supportive and be like f these guys, but mm-hmm. at the same time you're like, I want to support the work they've done though too, like the actors and the writers and everything. I want to support their work, but I hate like it's like a double edged sword. Like you're trying yeah. not to feed into the machine, but you're also wanting to be supportive of the work that's already been yeah, like, you know, put out completely. Now you're thinking all the people that we see in the credits. Like are they getting are they getting with their with their owed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, first trailer, the final trailer, which I think there's only been the one, so this is oddly enough only the second trailer, which is great. Which I don't think they've really added too much into it. Uh, for Blue Beetle, coming out August 18th. This will be the third DC movie for this year, and then. Three out of four. Yeah. And this is supposed to be the, according to James Gunn, the first movie in the newest, the current DCU, I guess you could say, the newest iteration in the James Gunniverse, I guess. DCU minus the E. (laughs) Not extended. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Non-extended universe. Yep, (laughs) non-extended. Yep. An alien relic chooses Jamie Reyes to be its symbolic or symbiotic host, bestowing the teenager with a suit of armor that's capable of extraordinary and unpredictable powers, forever changing his destiny as he becomes the superhero Blue Beetle. Yup. That'll be out August uh, 18th. And then next we have... we. We have we finally have the trailer for Wonka, 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 so, starring uh, Timothy Chalamet as young Willy Wonka, Olivia Coleman, Hugh Grant as the Oompa Loompa, as Anne or Minnie, I'm not sure. Uh, Keegan Michael Key, Sally Hawkins as Willie's mother, Rowan Atkinson, uh, Matt Lucas, Jim Carter. Like, there's a ton of actors in this. This is uh, directed by Paul King. Expected release date is December 15th. The story will focus specifically on a young Willy Wonka and how he met the Oompa Loompas on one of his earliest adventures. This is also produced by the people that did Harry Potter, so it's going to have a lot of a lot, a lot of whimsy. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, no, it looks cute. Um, doesn't look near as disturbing as the last two. So, as somebody who is still terrified of the Gene Wilder, uh, Willy Wonka, um, yeah. So, not just boats and just damn Oompa Loompas terrify me. They're a little cult chanting and everything. No. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, looks cute. Yeah. I did. I posted the meme. I think of uh, it's it. It had a split screen. Had Timothy Chalamet in his outfit as Wonka, and then it had uh, Gonzo in his outfit from uh, Muppets Christmas Carol, saying, "This dude stole my look." <laughs> <laughs> and it did. It looked just like. I mean, they look damn near identical. It's freaking hilarious. Uh, but no. Looks good. And then this one's not a movie, but it's definitely one we're going to talk about for sure on the show. They released the trailer for Ahsoka. That is the first episode, at least, is set to air August 23rd on Disney+. Plus. Rosario Dawson's replies in her role as Ahsoka Tano. And then, um, let's see, uh, David Tennant's going to be in it. Ray Stevenson. Uh, Timura Morrison, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Hayden Christensen, uh, you know, prizing his Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, it's uh, looks good. It looks like it's. I was told because this is all during that Star Wars animated stuff that I didn't watch because I just didn't yeah. watch it. Uh, this apparently is going to follow Star Wars Rebels a lot, I guess. Okay. So should be interesting. I had to go back and actually watch it. I watched some. Yeah. But it looks like that's the rest. But the trailer looks dope, Tom. I'm on board. I 
I was like, oh, I kind of recognize these people from various pop figures that York got and didn't know what the show was. So, anyways, looks good though. All right, shall we get into our first mission? I guess we shall accept. Okay. We shall accept. Wait, it's voluntary? <laughs> <laughs> so they could turn this down. Okay. Uh, this week we we watched Mission Impossible. Dead Reckoning Part 1. So don't be surprised when you go watch this and you're like, wait a minute. There's no ending? It says it in the title. Part 1. Yeah. So, But it does have a better stopping point than Fast X does. Yeah, and I mean, it, this, this one does have somewhat of a conclusion of something, but you know right. there's more. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know there's quite a bit more. Yeah. Uh, with a runtime of two hours, 43 minutes for part one. Yeah. <laughs> Rated PG-13. <clears throat> Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. To put it mildly, that is like the most simplistic yeah. of uh, a synopsis. Yeah. Just Bring enough. Without saying too much. <laughs> yes. So I, I don't know if you did this, but I, I meant to text you because uh, I saw the early screening uh, Monday night on in IMAX, which if you're going to go see this movie, do yourself a favor and go see it in IMAX. Yeah. It'll be it's worth the money to go do to do that. Treat yourself. <laughs> that it is. So the movies, I looked at my watch. The movie started. uh Almost 30 minutes, 20, almost 30 minutes before, you know, at or post what the time said on the ticket. Yeah. So it said seven started about seven thirty. It's like, OK, cool. So movie starts seven thirty. All right. I then watched this crazy opening. And then when they finally showed the credits, I looked at my watch again to see how much time had passed. Exactly 30 minutes. It was <laughs> eight o'clock when the. And they finally did, you know, ran the credits and then did the theme song. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's definitely a first. Because usually, you know, 10, 15, maybe. And then they're off to the credits and then it's cut away to the you know, start of the, well, the rest of Act 1. But It's like they had two cold openings. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Yep. So, essentially, without we're going to do our best not to spoil too much, but the gist of... The movie is there's a Russian nuclear sub that basically is invisible to all military, like submarines, uh, battleships, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's undetectable. And part of the reason why is because it utilizes this artificial intelligence, which somehow renders it, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't figured that. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff I haven't figured out yet. Yeah. And, or, you know, but like a lot of Mission Impossible movies, there's a lot of just like, yeah, we're not going to try and explain it. Just go with it. Just know this is the thing. And then we're going to go from there. Yeah. We don't, you don't really need to know that this, why this makes, you know, why this doesn't make sense. <clears throat> so it, the AI becomes more, basically became sentient. It has these two keys that, have to be used in order to access the can this like container more or less that it's being secured in. And so each, so it's basically these two keys, these two half keys, I guess is a better way to word it. Yeah. Form together to make one key. And then they open the thing, the container up to get the, you know, where they can operate with the, uh, utilize the AI. Well, the AI, I guess, somehow became sentient, and uh, it then infiltrated the sub and made the sub think there was another submarine, and that they were opening up its hatches and that they were going to basically fire upon them. Yeah. So basically, basically catfished them. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, catfished them in an area where there's no catfish. Yeah. And so the missile they fired a. For counter defense, shoots out, but the submarine is basically disappears from the screen. Yeah. 
So the missile comes circling back around and ends up taking them out and blowing up the submarine. And so the submarine then sinks down to the, you know, the floor of the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's an actual submarine, not a submersible. So no implosion, Mm-mm. just an explosion, actually. An explosion, but not an implosion. <clears throat> and uh, so these guys end up floating up to the, you know, and it's in the Arctic somewhere. They're like ice and everything. So they float up and they can't get out because, you know, ice. Right. And and then it just kind of shows that each person still had their half key around their neck and then cuts to the credits. Uh, Yeah. So that's kind of the gist of where that's going. And then the AI essentially has a, uh, has, has an actual person working with them, working with it. A human representative. Yes. Named Gabriel. Uh, played by, I think it's pronounced Isai, or yeah, Isai uh, Morales, <clears throat> and yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff, and so he. Uh, but it also turns out, come to find out, oh dude, you find out a lot more about like Ethan Hunt's past, mm-hmm. and that before he got into the IMF, he. Someone basically someone murdered his wife or love interest. We're not really sure because it didn't really really get into that. No, I don't think so. We'll just say his lady. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, it turns out it was this guy, Gabriel, that that killed her. So and then that's how Ethan Hunt got recruited in. So basically said, you know, you have two choices because he's getting framed for her murder. Right. And so you have two choices. You can go down for this or you're going to join the Impossible Missions Force. So, and you come to find out during the movie that that's pretty much how everybody got into this program. They were given a choice. Something wonky in their past and it's like, take the hit, you know, take the fall for this or come to us and disappear. Yep. But it's funny because you can still... And I, I love... What I, what I love about these movies, they always have, at least since number four, since uh, Ghost Protocol, they've had a sense of humor about it themselves. Yeah. Like they're not completely like self-aware, like Fast Furious, but they've developed more. They've gone, I guess you could say, less serious, and tried to like when Brad Bird, when Brad Bird took over after J.J. Uh, Abrams did number three, mm-hmm. and Brad Bird took over doing uh, Ghost Protocol. He injected a lot of humor into into the into the movie that hadn't been done before, and that there is uh, and that really helped break a lot of the tension and still kept the movie going and still kept the audience interested because a lot of what happens in Ghost Protocol is a lot of the equipment doesn't work, the glove doesn't work that he's supposed to suction, the mosque machine as uh, as uh, Simon Pegg would say. Would not, would not work. It would malfunction. Yeah. And so by all the having all the gadgets just work against them, and but yet come back and it's like this like callback punch, you know, gag. It's just really kind of changed the tone for these movies, which I loved. And so when they go to when they go to Ghost, uh, not Ghost, when they go to Rogue Nation, a lot of that carries over too. And that's the first one that uh, director Christopher McQuarrie did and had, and he's been the director for these movies since then. So uh, five, six, and now seven part one, they have kind of kept that humor in there, which is great. And what I kind of liked about it is that they make fun of the IMF organization when they're trying to explain how that, how it functions. Cause Carrie Ewells is in it, <clears throat> which is, you know, Good to see him. And he's asking uh, Henry Chesnery, who was everyone remembers as Kidrich from the first one. And he's asking him, hey, uh, ba- like he, Kidrich's time to tell him, I was like, well, the guy you're looking for, you know, looking for Ethan. Because he would never say Ethan's name. He's just the guy that's helping him. Yeah. Find this, find these keys. You know, 
he, uh, so where is he? So, well, we're not sure, but he's accepted it. We mean he's accepted it. Well, they're given a choice. Basically, we send him a, we send him the the uh, mission, and then they can choose whether or not to accept it. He's like, wait a minute. So it's voluntary. <laughs> they don't have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so you're trying to tell me these guys are are hiding out. They're, you guys send them top secret information or top secret missions to conduct, and then they could choose whether or not they want to take it or not. <laughs> it's like, what in the world is this? A lot of trust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Freelancers. Yeah, more or less. So they, you know, make it's it's really funny how they uh, kind of make fun of their, you know, of, their, of themselves at this, and put that in the movie. I forgot. I didn't even go through the entire. Sorry. Uh, obviously, Tom Cruise reprising his role as Ethan Hunt. Haley Atwell joins the cast. She is Grace. Mm-hmm. Most people know her as Agent Carter from the show and from Captain America: First Avenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ving Rhames been in I think every movie. I think so. I want to say he's been in every movie at least at some point, whether it's a cameo or not. He's been in all seven. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, Simon Pegg reprising his role as Benji Dunn, and he's been in all of them since number three. Yeah, yeah. he joined in three and then been involved ever since. Rebecca Ferguson. Re- Prizes her role as Ilsa Faust. Vanessa Kirby uh, comes back as the White Widow. And then uh, Palm Clementif as Paris. She's awesome in this movie. I love her. Yes. Yes. Uh, and also in that, I had sent Patrick, a, there's a TikTok that where she's doing an interview, you know, basically a press junket interview. But what the interviewer doesn't know is that she has an earpiece in and Simon Pegg is on the other end telling her what to say mm-hmm. for her answers. And the amount of range and the, like professionalism in her acting, because one, she commits, two, she doesn't break, she doesn't no. laugh at no. all. No. And then at one point she almost cried. She's like, she's she, like, yeah. oh, I'm like, yes. damn, she's, she's, she's in it. <laughs> yeah, I said, get this girl an Oscar. Yes. <laughs> Cause that, cause the stuff he was saying to do, I'm like dying, and I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> I would, if, especially hearing that on the other end, trying to keep my composure, knowing yeah. that the person on the other end has no idea what is going on. Yeah, that would have been difficult for me as well. But if you could find out, however, it's freaking hilarious, and it's yeah, good stuff. Uh, Shay Wiggum was also in it, uh, and as an FBI or I think FBI, I don't even know they. They never really say what agency he's with. He's just after Ethan Hunt. There. Like and he the stole his girl or something. <laughs> right. Exactly. Dang. And like I said, Henry uh, Chesney is also in it, reprising his role as Kittredge. So, And Charles Parnell is also in it as uh, as some ad- administrative person. I'm like, oh. It's yeah. like, oh, good, he got a promotion from Top Gun. Right. Come look at it. <laughs> All right. I mean, it, yeah. it's good to have the familiarity. Like, oh yeah, I yes. remember him. Yep. I was like, and That's then his twin. Uh, That's his twin. Yep. And Dira Varma is also in it, and Rob Delaney, who I love seeing. So there is a huge cast. It's it's just great. <clears throat> so yeah, so Ethan and his crew are off to go find these find the key. Yeah. And turns out Elsa has one has one half of the key somehow. And. Now they have to find the other half because, you know, you have both as you can basically control it. And then like the IMS trying to get it so that no one else, you know, doesn't fall into the wrong hands. But, you know, right. It's one of a those, lot of power. Yes. Because, the you know, which then also poses the question, whose hands are the right hands, though? True. <laughs> Is anyone right? <laughs> yeah. Probably not. Probably not. But there are. You know, one of the problems they run into is Gabriel and his crew, uh, where, you know, that Palm Clementif is with, who's just this crazy, you know, assassin. And uh, about that action. Oh, man, is she? And Frederick Schmidt plays Zola, who's just big dude, big dude. Mm -hmm. And so he's having to fight him as well. And it's 
a lot of who's trying, who can get to the key first and who has the right key. Do they have an actual key or do they have basically like a knockoff? Well, not a knockoff, but one that's not a real one. A, a fake fabricated one. one. Yeah. Yes. Someone up in 3D printed it somehow. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't. They didn't explain that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So they got a fake key floating around yep. somehow. And how would you know what it looks like? That's right. the thing. So right. there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of trust that they're expecting you to have while watching this movie, more so than any other Mission Impossible movie. I think. It's like inside your brain, your your work yep. is like, now nah, we're just gonna ignore this. Just go with it. Just go with it. Just, just roll with it. Just, yeah, just roll with it. So we're rolling with a lot of stuff here. Ah, don't yeah, worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, right. it's, it's cool. It'll it's be cool. fine. We'll put it all in a train. It'll be fine. What's yeah. the worst that could happen? Action, <laughs> chase scenes, explosions. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Yep. Well choreographed chase scenes. Tom yes. Cruise, of course, doing his stunt, his own stunts, including the drifting during the car chase scenes. Yeah. Driving yeah. while being handcuffed. On the opposite side of <laughs> I mean yep. just it, yeah. Is well done. Left, left hand? Yeah. It's on, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, it's something like that. But Basically it's like for us would be the for us would be the pos- would be the passenger seat for us, right? Yeah. So it's there's a lot going on, and poor old Rome. Like they're in Rome trying to find this, being chased. They're going down the same steps that Dom and his crew went down with the giant yeah. boulder going down. Yeah. I said, dang. It, and I even asked you. I go, does this take place before or after? Like, where in the timeline does this fall for Fast X? Like, do they just have really good infrastructure, and the road crew already got that stair, got that stair in the like a pit crew banister area all all uh, repaired just to have Ethan and his and his people come rolling down it in their car? Right. I just finished this today. Great work, gentlemen. Yeah. What's that yep. sound? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Uh. God. Several people retired that day. Yep. Like, I'm not doing yep. this anymore. Yep, no. No, this bullshit. <laughs> Quit. Go back to the Vatican. Yes. You can go to the pub. Uh, yep. <laughs> and wait for this to blow over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, there's amazing set pieces, amazing action. You know, Tom Cruise is doing his Tom Cruisiest in this. Mm-hmm. For somebody that's 61, he's he's doing the most, I'll tell you that. Of course, he's got to run. Of course, he Se- does. A couple times. Several That's times. A, I legit, I legit said out loud, let the running begin. <laughs> <laughs> let the running begin. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure the person the person sitting next to me is like, what the hell is this wrong with this guy? <laughs> Just looking like your first day, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I actually got a straw. Have you tried the strawberry lemon- Tito's and strawberry lemonade? <laughs> At the bar, you should it is out. Oh wait, you're probably not old enough. Anyway, it's out of this world. <laughs> Let's do this. Woo! <laughs> yeah. No, but it's amazing. So they, it's just literally set piece to set piece to set, and it's just location to location. You know, to various different exotic locations. And the part of the reason to see this in IMAX is just because of these sprawling landscapes of where they're at. Yeah, is there in Abu Dhabi? They're in Rome. They're in Austria. Like they're all over, and it's just beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful to watch. The score is amazing. Just hitting those, and and it's in, literally intense from from start to fin. Well, not finish from start to end of part one. Yeah, I would say from opening credit to end credit, but seeing seeing as there was stuff going on before the credits, you know. Yeah, you get it. You get it. But it is definitely worth seeing. Definitely worth seeing in IMAX. And again, you find out a lot more about like Ethan's backstory, mm-hmm. that, more than you've gotten in previous films. And you know, pretty much everybody that Ethan loves dies. You know, just just I mean, it's just part of the protagonist's lifestyle, I guess. Yeah, and he's more about trying to protect them than himself. He's like, you're right. Whatever I got to do, I'm going to do, but y'all need right. to be as safe as possible. Yeah. I do the danger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do the stunts around here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm, I'm going to go see it again, obviously. It's definitely. 
Yeah. I mean, not this weekend because, you know, Barbenheimer. Maybe sometime before then. That'd be great. But I, I definitely recommend it. Yes, it's two hours and 43 minutes. At some points, it kind of feels a little long just because there's so much action. Right. Anyway, like at what point are we stopping? Because, you know, it's going to stop. It's not like you're it's not like, OK, well, this is going to be close to the end because you realize because it says part one, this movie doesn't end. Where's the movie going to stop? Right. Exactly. Where's the stopping point? Yeah. And so it's crazy. But I, I mean, loved, loved this movie. I did too. And then, you know, just, I wasn't sure how it was going to end. Like, like, you know, you left a question. Are they going to end this where maybe they don't exactly, you know, complete this mission. And then the next movie is about trying to figure out things from there. Or do they complete the mission? And then something else is happening. It just kind of keeps it up in the air about what's going on. It's a lot of, um, hand trickery. I'll just say that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it just keeps you, keeps you on your toes. Like it's not it's not really predictable. Like it's hard. It's difficult to anticipate what's happening, scene to scene, moment to moment. Yeah. But uh, you're just there enjoying the ride, so to speak. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, but that but but the whole stunt, motorcycle going off the cliff and mm-hmm. what they show in the trailer, I just like man, I just Tom Cruise is crazy. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. Straight adrenaline junkie. Yeah, but, um, that Scientology lifestyle, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I used to think I used to think some crazy what happened to Jackie Chan with all these stunts he do. Now I'm like, yeah, I'm about to add Tom Cruise to that list. Yeah, <laughs> he's taking over. <laughs> but one thing I really did like about this movie too is that um, is that uh, there's a lot of callbacks to like previous Mission Impossible movies. Mm-hmm. So if you've been watching it from the from the beginning or have at least seen all of them, you'll see a couple of different uh, like nods to previous films, like the card trick thing from the yeah. first one. The fact they're also on a train again. Yeah. Um, and having action sequences on a train. That's two, that's and, two movies back to back, Indiana Jones and then this with train action scenes on the train. Action scenes on the train with knife fights on top of yes. the train. Yes. I was like, I think I, I feel like I just saw this a co- yesterday. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of, I feel like. there's a few, you know, a couple other movies that had the scene in the desert. I was thinking about John Wick yeah. 4. Yeah. And it's kind of like the opening of that. This is an yep. opening of this. And then um, not quite an action sequence in a club, but the set, I mean, it was somewhat yeah. action. Yeah. Like John Wick 4 again, club scene, yeah. action. Like I'm seeing some similar, you know, ideas kind of. Bleed, bleed into other movies, but different takes on it. Yeah. So, so cool just to have uh, the familiarity with things. Yeah. So as of this movie, Tom Cruise is now older than John Boyd when um, who was uh, 57 at the time, whereas Tom Cruise was 57 when filming initially started, 59 when it finally wrapped, mm-hmm. and will be 61 and when it's released. That's how long they've been. Film. I mean, because obviously they had a bunch of delays with COVID and everything. So yeah, it, it COVID yeah, monster. Yep, that'll get you every time. I yeah. don't strike just COVID. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting fact, a little factoid. And I figured it had to be somewhere in there, but released twenty seven years after the original, which is crazy to think. It's still going strong. Shoot you. Like each each one has just gotten even better than the last. It's just they mm-hmm. keep they keep figuring out ways to keep it fresh, keep you entertained, and wanting to come back for more. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's just interesting about the the AI. You know, first they're utilizing yes. it as a weapon against bad, but then it kind of becomes its own thing. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of running the show behind the scenes. Right. Well, and that's I forgot to make that point too is that it forces the team to have to go with analog. Yeah. And you know, as, as they're hunting Ethan, you know, the agency is hunting Ethan down. They're also having to revert to like old satellites. Yeah. That are on analog that are still be you know floating around. That the, so they can use those so the AI can't you know basically hack into it. Yep. And AI is alter, called the entity. Yes, the entity. Yes. 
Yep. So, so now Hollywood's trying to, the actors and writers are trying to force the entity out. Yeah. They they too are fighting the entity. <laughs> some some hidden messages in this movie without yeah. you know being yeah. so direct with it. Like, yeah, this yeah. is a problem. AI is a problem. Yeah. Can be a problem. It can be good. But yes. It can be a problem also. Exactly. So yeah. <sighs> Yeah. All right, let's move on to our second feature. Yeah, you had an interesting time with this. I <laughs> did not make the best of parenting decisions with this one, and that's on me. But, you know, just like any other day, every day is a learning lesson. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I gave a good enough heads up for what was eh, Sorry. Come. <laughs> you, you, well, even like the heads up you gave, I was like, you know what? It'll be all right. It's, <laughs> if it's one small thing, it'll be all right. No. So, the movie we're talking about is Patrick and I also saw Joyride, which is rated R, a runtime of one hour, 35 minutes for a comedy. Perfect. Yep. Joyride follows four Chinese-American friends as they bond and discover the truth of what it means to know and love who you are while they travel through China in search of one of their birth mothers. And that's just one of their, yeah, one of the friends' birth mothers, not... It made it sound like it was all four of their birth mothers. <laughs> yeah. Or same birth mother, I guess. Yeah. Right. So, uh, uh, so yeah, so we, it follows, uh, Lolo and, uh, and Audrey who become friends at, you know, become fresh, best friends when they were kids. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, Audrey moved, Audrey's adopted and, they meet at a uh, playground and no, not Audrey. Sorry. Well, was adopted. That's what it is. No, you're right. No? First Audrey. Time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Sorry. Lolo moved. That's right. Cause Audrey is already there. Um, Lolo and her family had moved, uh, had immigrated over and the city that they, they moved into, uh, all they see like at the park is just surrounded by white, white people. And David Denman, as most people know, is Roy from The Office. And mm-hmm. Annie Mumolo, who uh, play they play Lolo's, or sorry, they play Audrey's mom. I'm going to get this right, I promise. They, uh, they're like, hey, can we, they start asking, like, are you Chinese, you know, basically, are you Chinese, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, yes. And then they started to, like, the, uh, Lolo's parents started to take offense, like, you know, oh, what's this? You know, whether they're about to say, you know, right. Where's this and, going? <laughs> yeah. Where's this going? They're like wanting to find out all this, asking all these questions and stuff like, uh, you know, they're like, oh, no, no. We just was wondering if she, your daughter would want to play with ours. And then they introduced Lolo to Audrey. It's like mm-hmm. she's adopted. And, you know, they start going to play. And then this boy comes up and says something offensive. And then and then um, Lolo just punches him in the face yeah, <laughs> and just lays him out. And then, but, well, she pu- punches him and then he moves back and then he gets kicked by somebody swinging. gets kicked in the head by someone swinging and knocked down. Yes. And that's how the movie starts. And it's freaking hilarious. Instant karma. <clears throat> yeah. So it fast forwards, you know, the shows kind of a montage of, um, of them growing up together as best friends and everything. And Audrey excelling in school and everything. And, Lolo's like making art and stuff like that. Yeah. And then till all the way till Audrey passed the bar. She's a lawyer. And Lolo was like in almost like one of those she shed almost type of situations, but her garage, but transformed the garage into a into an apartment. Mm-hmm. And so they essentially live together. So they you know they're hanging out and everything, and then uh they find out that like, oh, Audrey has to go on this trip. To try and secure this account, which I haven't yet to figure out because she's a lawyer. So I didn't you just kind of figure people just kind of come to them. Uh, it's some kind of deal. She's got to land. It's, I don't she's, know if it's they're, a deal she's got to land, but it's like a lawyer thing. So it's like it's really weird. Let's let's the I guess company that's a retainer, like a retainer. I guess they're trying to be the I guess the attorneys for this company, maybe <laughs> like Morgan and Morgan of uh, <laughs> the new Bart Durham. I don't know. Um yeah. I guess, yeah, they're looking yeah, for yeah. A, I guess they're looking for a law firm. Yeah. So when they get into, they need somebody good to get them out of trouble. <laughs> Basically, right. it's just one of those type of things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So they're sending her because, you know, her her boss, played by uh, 
Timothy Simmons, and, you know, it's like, I'm an ally, you know, I'm not, it's not a racial thing, you know, I'm an, an ally, blah, 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 but has to keep going out of his way to say that and make it, make him seem cool, but yeah. basically she wins the account, she'll make full partner in the firm, and, and so, yeah, they, uh, so she's going to bring her best friend Lolo to help translate while they're over there. Mm-hmm. So they end up, and Lolo makes a lot of uh, body positive artwork. We'll say, yes, say that's how she worded it. Yeah. But it's oh, it's like a whole phallic uh, playground that she makes for like small like model like playground that's all like phallic and uh, like penis and like vagina shaped things that make this playground. Yeah, <laughs> and, but it's yeah. supposed to resemble the same playground where they met. Just with a. a, a Fixed theme added on it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but as most of her artwork and stuff like that is. Meanwhile, her parents like own a restaurant, own a Chinese restaurant, and they were kind of wanting Lola to work there because, you know, actually pick up more shifts and stuff and help out. Yeah. But she's wanting to focus more on her artwork. So they end up, so they end up going, you know, on their trip. And one thing they didn't realize or that Lolo hadn't told Audrey was that a relative of Lolo's is also going to be going just on the airplane. They're not going, they're not joining them on the trip, but just, just for the flight. Yeah. Supposedly meeting up with friends when they get there. Yes. Yes. Online friends, but yes, big into BTS and, uh, and K-pop. And so Cousin, cousin, I guess. I don't think they really. Cousin. I think it's her cousin. Yeah, cousin. Uh, dead, her cousin, Dead Eye, which is hilarious. Like no real. <laughs> and you know, Dead Eye is just very socially awkward. I guess it's a good way to word that. Yeah. And doesn't have like a lot of like real like in person friends, just online friends. And you know, kind of an introvert, little socially awkward, and. So they join the so Dead Eye joins the flight and everything, and Audrey Mitch mentions that whenever they get to, whenever they get over there, they're gonna meet up with uh, they're gonna meet up with Audrey's former college roommate Kat, who's now an actress played by Stephanie Shu, who everyone knows as Joy from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yep. And so they get over there, they get to set. Dead Eye ends up not leaving, ends up joining them on all this. Yep. And so they're on, so they meet Cat, and you know, Lolo's obviously jealous of Audrey's relationship with Cat because you know they're so close. But she wanted to be like I thought. Basically, I thought it was your only best friend. Right. So she's jealous and not very nice to Cat. She's kind of Cat T. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, they. They uh, they meet up. They meet Kat's fiance, uh, Clarence, who's like this very like well, you know, very hunky guy. I guess we could say just very good looking. And uh, but they, you know, they're engaged, but they've not had sex. And because uh, Clarence is very religious, and you know, uh, save room for Jesus. You know, in the middle there. Yes. But, and uh, so they find it hilarious because Kat has had many previous relationships and encounters uh, beforehand. Something about two of the three Jonas brothers. Yep. And apparently there's a tattoo below the belt. <laughs> I'm never going to unsee that, too. Just, just one of those things you can't unsee. A cat tat. <laughs> yep. A cat tat. Yep. Uh but yeah, it is. Uh, so it's it's very funny, but there are there's a lot of crude jokes, crude and lewd jokes, uh, a lot of sexual humor in this. Yes. That more so than I thought there would be, to be honest. And you know, I thought there'd be some suggestive stuff, which is that's whatever you know, get that right. in a lot of movies and TV. And so, but it was about forty five minutes into this movie, I'm going. This may have been a mistake because Lowe's also been, you know, on social media and she's 
you know, sliding into NBA star Byron Davis's DMs, and at one point they end up meeting up. Oh, sorry. Um, got skipped ahead. Audrey found a pic. They found a picture of Audrey's mom, and it shows oh, yeah. where on the back of the picture it shows, names the adoption agency and everything. So Lolo is trying to help. Once thinks Audrey should try and go seek her out while they're there, and she really doesn't want to. She's want, she's just there for work. Wants to close the deal. Ronnie Chang is, from the Daily Show is the one who's plays Chow, who's supposed to be the person they're supposed to be closing the deal. And when they go to this club to go meet with with uh, with Chow and they're drinking and everything, it's like, listen, if you don't know who your mother is, how can we do business if you don't even know who you are? Right. Because that's very important to me. Yeah. So they decide to, it's like, oh, no, I am actually close with her. We're, you know, we're doing this and this while we're here. And he's like, okay, well, this party is this, is on where I'm having a, like a party this day, bring her with you so I can meet her and I'll sign the paperwork there and then, you know, close the deal. Yeah. So now they're having to find her mom. So they go on this, uh, this road trip to try and find her mom now so that they can bring her to this thing. So when she can close the deal. So through a lot of various different adventures on this trip, they, uh, you know, they obviously the four of them bond together. And then, of course, like like in any other movie, you have to have that extra conflict where between the you know between the group where they had to split up and then reconcile and all this stuff. Yeah. And there is a I can't reemphasize this. And granted, yes, it's rated R, so that should have been the first tip. However, there's rated R, and then there's rated R. This is definitely the hard R. We'll we'll go on hard R and R. R. Because there, there is a scene in which there is a threesome to which you did warn me about. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, probably won't be that bad. And I'm like, okay, nope. And then that, then everything that happens within that few minutes between that scene with her oh, yeah. and literally, and then literally everybody else. <laughs> I forgot about Stephanie's shoes scene. And then, yep. well, Dead Eyes was pretty innocent. But, yeah. But still, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was just a dance scene. It was just a dance scene. But, but yeah. Yeah, everybody yeah. else, you're just like damn it's like oops yeah so it was uh it was a bit it was funny yes but not something that i was like uh all right well i guess i don't have to have you know using air quotes the talk uh, (laughs) with york because looks like we're covering that in this movie cool beans so now he thought the movie was hilarious he enjoyed it he i guarantee he didn't go through the amount of awkwardness as i did and regret that I did. <laughs> but I agree. It is a very funny movie. It's a nice kind of fresh take. It's good to see something different. It's good to see a comedy in a theater. Yeah. Which I hadn't seen in a while. At least not a good, you a know, good one. A good one. Yeah. Though. So it it was very fresh. It's a fresh take on, you know, it it is definitely in kind of like the bridesmaid realm of, of humor. But yeah. it is... Uh, it is definitely worth a watch. Uh, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch for sure. Very funny. Highly recommend. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't because, you know, here's the thing. Like both of these movies today, they're both movies I love talking about. But I don't want to talk about it with people who haven't seen it because there's so much in it that is, you know, as far as Joyride, hilarious. But I don't want to mm-hmm. give too much away. I don't want people to enjoy that experience yeah it's the same thing with mission impossible i can talk more about you know things that occurred like in mission impossible there is an amazing fight scene in this tiny tiny little alley where two gates have been closed yeah freaking amazing fight scene that everyone should want to watch and it's shot beautifully so you could actually see all the action yeah well choreographed for that small space (laughs) very small space but uh yeah Everybody should see both of these movies before I kinda, Friday. I kind of felt claustrophobic in this scene. I'm like, man, how? Yeah. How? I feel like I wouldn't be able, me. I wouldn't be able to move in that. I, I yeah. Just, just go ahead, do what you got to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Alrighty. Uh, this week, Barbenheimer has will be coming to us. Yes. Um. So my 
the idea that I had a couple episodes ago that we talked about, you know, having shirts made that are tie dyed and then it says Barbenheimer on it. Mm-hmm. We are halfway there. Shirts have been made that say Barbenheimer on it. Thanks to, uh, thanks to Ruth for making those. They look awesome. Now we just have to tie dye them and then, uh, get yours to you this week. So we've already got York said he wanted one. So we're going to make him one. And I think he's going to actually go with us. Well, go with me at least. Um, yeah. I think the plan is like we're all go. We'll go see Barbie first. That way, Ruth and Grayson could go, and then after that, um, after that, York and I'll stay, and we'll go see Oppenheimer. So probably Sunday because it'll be during the day. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and go from there. So that's our plan. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. It depends on if Kyle's be here this weekend. I, don't, yeah. I'm not, I know Oppenheimer probably wouldn't be something she want to watch. I think right. maybe Barbie she might be interested in. So it might not be yeah. a double feature. But um, yeah, I gotta confirm that. See if she'll be here. Like if she'll if she's not gonna be here, then I probably will do a double feature. But if she is, then I'll see if she wants to watch Barbie. Then I'll check out Oppenheimer earlier in the week. Yeah. But um. Not sure how that's all going to work out. Right. Um, and then the week after, we have the Marvels movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? It got bumped Unless up. Unless it got moved. I, I might. Yeah, I hold think, on. Let me, I think it's. I put. Was... Now, I'm saying this because originally when I filled up my planner. Oh, November 10th. Never mind. It got moved. Yeah. Because I think it was supposed to be this. It was. That. That's what yeah. I had it in there. Yeah, scratch that out. Um, well, never mind. So, okay, the next week we just have Talk to Me, which I may actually go see. I know you will. I know yeah. you will. But oh, yeah. I'm gonna. Oh yeah. I'm gonna see if it's anywhere near as funny as the Blackening. <laughs> oh, I have a feeling of, probably not. Speaking of that, so apparently, you know, that movie, the Blackening, and um, what was the other one? There was one more. But apparently Lionsgate had um, their deal where if you watch a number of movies, you'll get them free mm-hmm. digitally. And um, one of the movies was was about my father. So uh-huh. I got my ticket for it, but I didn't make it out to see it. But that was a part yeah. of that. And so apparently I was able to complete that challenge. Okay, so it was, it was about my father, the blackening and joyride. So oh, okay. once so once the um, program ends in September, I'll get the digital codes for all three movies. Nice. So I was like, oh, that still counts, even though I didn't get to make it. <laughs> Dang, cool. you did better than me because I didn't. I got two out of three of those. <laughs> same. I mean, same. Yeah. Like I didn't. I didn't get to watch about my father. Like I'd got my ticket for it. I just didn't get to. That's something. I didn't even get that. Like yeah. I didn't even get that. So yeah. All right. I put the marbles in November. <laughs> okay. November tenth. Yeah, so I was okay. like, Ooh. cool, cool, cool. The only thing I, else I have, uh, I did finally get around to watching this week's episode of Secret Invasion. Uh, yeah, there is a reveal of reveals. So yep. then, so it answers one question that you that you had uh, last week. Mm-hmm. However, it then poses a couple more other questions in doing so. Yes, it's like you answered one, and, but now you have yeah. three that. <laughs> It's like watching Lost again. Uh, I feel like I'm watching Lost again, where, you know, uh, in Lost they would have all these questions, and then they would they would ease they would happily answer one question, mm-hmm. which the only problem is it then like like a damn Hydra, it <laughs> cut off the head, three more pop up, yeah, same thing. Answer one question, three more <laughs> three yeah. more then come from that one answer. Yep. So. See, two episodes to go. <laughs> Yep, true story. But I know one person mentioned that they were having a hard time getting into it. I said, okay. I said, it, it's, I've, I've been enjoying it, but, you know, I, I like that kind of thing. So, um, yes, it's more um, grounded Marvel yeah. TV show, kind of like Falcon Winter Soldier and uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, minus the social commentary. Yeah. That, you know, kept that. Falcon Winter Soldier has. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm liking it. Yeah, me too. I'm digging it. 
Okay. Well, I guess that's it for this uh, amazing week of yep. movie watching. Some lessons learned. <laughs> Some lessons learned. Hopefully. Hope we'll say hopefully because, you know, sometimes I mean, sometimes we don't learn. It was a very we didn't talk we you know, York said he thought the movie was funny and everything. He liked it. And that was about it. We didn't talk about anything that actually happened in the movie. We didn't talk about like like nothing. Was like, Maybe it's just from his put a little point. bit of music on, and we just just kind of went <laughs> just yeah. kind of went from there. Guessing from his point of view, different lens of seeing things, he just maybe it yeah. didn't hit, or he just like ah, I'm pretty sure this is awkward for my dad. I'm not gonna say nothing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's like uh, he seems like he's squirming a little bit. Yeah. Oh well, I like like I don't know. You're all right. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. But, I definitely do want to be like, so do you have any questions? <laughs> or rather you didn't. <laughs> right. Most of them are answered uh, here. <laughs> yeah, most of them are, should have been answered in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> if not, you're looking at your phone, you know. Because that's kind of how I feel. I'm like, well, he's got the internet. So, I mean, that should yeah. answer. It's like, he's got the internet. Most things are on there now. If Actually, there's more too many things on there. But X. <laughs> It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, well, you know, I don't have my grandmother anymore to take, you know, to, to go see awkward go see yeah. movies like that to make yeah. me feel awkward. So, you know, just pass it down to my son. It looks like <laughs> tradition is so alive. lucky. Tradition is yep. still going. Tradition. Um, still going. Yeah. But Joy, I really like Stephanie Shu. Like I'm so, oh, yeah, I still say she should have walked away with some kind of award from some mm-hmm. show recently, but yep. um, he's got range. <laughs> True story. No, I, yeah, she's in. Yeah, no, I absolutely loved it. She was great. Yeah. And I loved seeing these other actresses that I hadn't yeah. seen in things or yeah. don't remember seeing the things. So yeah. That, that also, you know, we were mentioning a bridesmaids vibe. And I mentioned yeah. American pie road trip. And then I'm in girls trip. Yeah, came out oh, yeah. That, and I was like, all right. So it was a good fresh take. Yep, I dig it. So, yep, cool beans. All right, everybody, stay hydrated this week and uh, get ready to get your pink on this week and uh, pull that out and enjoy the Barbenheimer experience. Yep. Yep. And, And we will talk to you next week. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.